0: Welcome to Shreem Abhagitan class, Hare Gishan so Today we're reading from Shreem Abhagatam, Canto 3, Chapter 31 Text one twelve. 12, There's a number missing on the board there <clears throat> So Hmm Let's go through the word-for-word first Just to mix things up a little bit So, the first word is Jantur Jantur Uvacha Does anybody recognize that word from earlier in the chapter? That word was in the chapter previously And it was quite significant Does anybody remember? You had it, but it was slipped away. So that's the challenge, yeah. and right? So but you had it. I thought it. It's there, and do you know where it was? What's that? You know what it is? What is it? The human being speaks. Yeah, that's what it's referring to right now. But earlier, it was also there. Okay.
1: Karana um, the famous words. I think it started the chapter, right? Karana Jantor Deho papate. It's the same word. I missed that one. Okay, yeah, it's the uh, beginning of the chapter. It's mm, one nice. verse of Prabhupada quotes. It's about how... Kapilative um, is saying how, by the force of karma, under the supervision of the demigods and ultimately of Krishna, janto Deho Papadte, the, the living entity,
0: the human being, attains a deha, attains a of material body. Okay, well, that, there's also one that's in the actual verses. It's actually in the verses. And it was very significant. It was brought up and it was discussed. Those brother worms, remember the brother worms? They're referred to as Jantu. Jantu or Jantuhu. Which was interesting because uh, we were... We were wondering how worms can be in the in the amniotic fluid. And then was it Rindusundri or somebody pointed out that I think it might have anyway, it was it was the point was that the living entities that that uh, that it doesn't necessarily have to just be like the worms we're thinking of, it could also count as parasites and bacteria and stuff like that. So don't do it means, Ananda. Thank you. Yeah, I got that from Chaitanya Charan. Yeah, so that's significant. Mm. There's the Jantu. It means all. It can be any living entity. But in this case, it happens to be a human fetus. Mm. So, okay, repeat after me Jantu Ruvacha. Jantu Ruvacha. The human soul says Tasya of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Upasanam. Having approached for protection. This is a very important word here. Upasanam. Does anybody know what that word means? Like, have they, have they heard it before? Does it sound familiar? Upasanam. Yes. Brick worship. Exactly. The Upasanam sections of the Vedas right deal with worshipping of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, uh, it's a very significant word. We should all know this word. Upasunum. Upasunum. Let it sink in. Upasunum. It means to worship. Actually, I wanted to look at the Sanskrit definition. Would it be too much to to get the dictionary? Okay. Okay, thanks. He already knows pretty much Sanskrit anyway, so we're just going through the words right now. And then, um, uh, the next word is... Avitum. 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 It means to protect. protect. Jagat. Jagat. The universe. universe. This is also a very familiar and important word. Does it sound familiar at all? Anybody on this side? Jagat. Jagat. Have you heard that before? Jagannath, Exactly. So what does Jagannath mean? Lord of the universe. So we have Jagat. It's a very also a very important word to know Jagat means the universe in Hindi also we use that word Subjagat, the whole universe that's also a good word to know if you get lost in India. The <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, next word also uh, carries over to Hindi this is, repeat after me Ichaya, ichaya. By, his own will. by his own will yeah so Icha this a Hindi word. It means desire. It's from Sanskrit. So that's also a good word to know, to be aware of. It's a word that comes up again, and again. Itcha, uh, because it's our desire that uh, is our is our direction in life. That's what brings us where we are, and that's what you know molds our fate. Is our desire and how we cultivate our desires. I mean, the the cultivation of desires is. Central to any sort of self-development, or any sort of achievement in anything. When you can cultivate the right desires for what you want, then that exponentially increases the possibility of you getting what you want. So desire is a very important topic. It's talked about a lot in Buddhism, also in other philosophies. Desire, it's a, it's a very central theme in spiritual topics and philosophy. Itcha. Hmm. Okay, like an itch, right? You've got an itch, you've got to scratch it. So that's what a desire is like. You've got to itch it, right? Does that yes. make sense? Yes. We've got to remember all these words. You're <clears throat> going to be quizzed. And then, uh, okay, repeat after me. Atananatanaho. Atana Tanaho. Who accepts various forms? Who accepts various forms? On the, on the earth that's also an important word Bhuvi. and then chalat, chalat. Walking. walking this is also a nice word that translates into Hindi that it goes into Hindi also you does anybody know that? Chalo, chalo. it means literally means walk walk i telling somebody to walk but it can be used in so many different ways we don't have to get into all that right now but it's it's, uh, it means it means walk. So here we have it in Sanskrit, the original language. Chalat, walking. So again, if you a really awesome, maybe you can use this word. Chalat. a little more respectful. Chalat. Hmm. So, Chadanada, Vindam. Okay, does this sound familiar? Does it, does it not sound familiar to anybody? Raise your hand if this doesn't sound familiar. Okay, good. But yeah, you don't recognize that? <laughs> okay, everybody recognizes Charanada Vindam. Um, Nick, what does it mean? Great question. Um, you say it like 100 times a day, right? I mean, slight exaggeration, but. Do you, you got it, Brandon?
2: Charanada Vindam?
0: Um, no. Okay, Charanada Vindam. It means the lotus feet. So, Charanada means feet. And Avinda means lotus. Hmm? Aravinda. And uh, did you get that? You're still looking for it? Okay, let's hear about Upasana. It's a very deep word, as is all words in Sanskrit. You can go, you can talk for ages on just one word. So, so Upasana,
1: there's a few different meanings, but the one that we're looking at is the act of sitting or being near or at hand. Serving, waiting upon, service, attendance, respect. It's found in uh, various, something like this, homage, adoration, worship. And there's a reference to how they consider it in terms of the Ramanujacharya Sampadaya. Uh, so, Abhigavana approach, preparation of offering, oblation, recitation, and yoga, or devotion. It can also refer to a seat. the the being intent on or engaged in, yeah. So apasmakanda also. So basically, it has to do with has to do with um, physical proximity, and then from that, it's derived the idea of being close to somebody for the sake of serving them. Mm. Like asana means like a seat, upa means near. Like in Upanishads, it's the same. So it's to sit near. The Wait, you said again that breakdown upa means near mm. and asana means to sit mm-hmm. to sit near and the implication is that you're sitting near mm-hmm. in order to be at hand to be of service mm. wow
0: that's deep are you getting any realizations right now thinking about this yeah, we all are
1: that's what's your realization, realization? Uh, we gotta be I mean, I'm just thinking about the, the, the visual of sitting near somebody for the sake of like you know they can call on you to do something like that's what it, worship actually is like Krishna I'm here you know tell me what to do
0: Hmm. and then the, we have the Vetus or the living entity here in the womb and he is he's Upasam he's he is approached for protection the Supreme Personality of God but right, the Supreme Lord is all everywhere so how has he approached him? he's approached him through his, his consciousness through his attitude, surrender Mr. Murari
3: I was just thinking about a uh, like having the opportunity to serve the deities um, just this idea of a pasna like you could either be you know extremely close like eye to eye with Gornita or you could be very far away even if you're on the altar you know what I mean so just as you we were just saying like the kind of mood of the heart that the and the opportunity that Krishna's giving to come close to him even though he is everywhere but it's not really a proximity thing so, no, I just thought,
4: nice. Another reflection on the past, you know, It could, uh, kind of makes me think of um, Lord Chaitanya being the Yuga Avatar and the Yagi Purush, Enjoyer of our sacrifices. That to be close to Lord Chaitanya and to be serving Him means to be always chanting holy names. Mm. Nice. Thank you. That's
0: yeah, bringing out for me. I'm thinking. Again, about attitude and how the uh, upasana is an attitude. It's an attitude of respect, an attitude of acknowledgement. It also says that in the Vajrayana cross, just acknowledgement, just an attitude of respect, acknowledgement. I mean, anybody can do that. But the other opposite attitude is the attitude of ignorance. Ignorance is an attitude. It's an attitude that we choose. So that's a uh, that's what's coming out for me right now. This is this is. Uh, significance I'm seeing. Okay, so next word. Uh, if we ever get through the word for word. Mm-hmm. Please repeat. I myself. This is also good to know. Aham means I. And that's very uh, frequently, you know, brought up. Krishna says, Aham sarvasya That all the material and spiritual worlds they emanate from me. That's in the 10th chapter of Bhagavad Gita and it's one of the most essential verses of Bhagavad Gita considered the seed verses oh Brandon <clears throat> is it always uh,
2: apostrophe H-A-M or is it sometimes A-H-A-M
0: it's A-H-A-M normally but, grammat- but in grammatical context there may be some adjustment that happens with Sanskrit I don't know a lot of Sanskrit rules but on its own it's a okay yeah and then now, Vrajami. Go. <coughs> Sharanam. Unto the, unto the shelter. Does that sound familiar at all? Does anybody not recognize that word? Okay, we only got one person. You recognize that word, Victor?
5: It sounds like Ashram.
0: All of you hear this word every day. Every day. I'll give you a hint. It's in somebody's name. He's upstairs. <laughs> Listening to us. Krishna Sharana Krishna Sharana It means uh, the shelter of Krishna The servant of the shelter of Krishna And we're the servant Of the servant of the shelter of Krishna So we're the servant of Krishna (laughs) Sharana Krishna Sharana And so Sharana Good Good word to remember Sharana means shelter The Kuja's got something There's a mantra that is
4: popular today in among yogi circles, mm-hmm. yoga people. They chant, Shri Krishna Sharanam Mama. I oh. take shelter of Shri
0: Krishna. Oh, I like that. Maybe we should start saying that more. And then we have next word, He. He. Indeed. <laughs> uh-huh. And Akutaha Bhayon. Giving relief from all fear. There's a combination of two words, but the the, the second word in there, bayam, that's also, we've heard that word before, right? Does anybody not recognize that word? Bayam. Bayam. You don't recognize it. You hear it every day, multiple times a day. Chada, we have. Abhay, Chada, Narabindha. That's Srila Prabhupada's uh, name that he received for initiation before he was uh, before he was a sannyasi. Also the name he was given it at his uh, appearance in this world. Abai. Abai means fearless. Fearless. So that's also a very significant word that's uh, central to our philosophy, central to Srila Prabhupada's uh, character and uh, very, very commonly brought out. It's also in different bhajans and stuff like that. So Abai. Abai. Abai means fear and abhai means fearless. Now, okay, please repeat. May, May. for me. me. Yena, Yena. by whom? whom. Idrishi, Idrishi. such. Such. Gatihi, Gatihi. condition of life. life. Adarshi Adarshi. was considered. considered. Asataha, Asataha. impious. Impious. Anurupa, Anurupa. befitting. Okay, um... I didn't expect to get so long into the word for word so I'm going to chant the, the appropriate prayers so I'm not completely deviating <clears throat> <laughs> jai si Hare 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 Hare. Hare Hare, Hare Hare, Hare Hare. Okay, Jai. So please give me your blessings that uh, I can speak something uh, invigorating, inspiring, helpful, insightful, and spiritual. So yeah, everybody, please bless me by saying Hare Krishna mantra one time. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Krishna Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Thank you. Okay, so is there any word that stuck with you from the word for word that you're gonna is gonna that we're gonna remember? Yes, Mr. Jibhu. Upasana. Upasana. You remember what it means, right? Worship. Jaya.
5: Okay, two more. Victor, The Avita Jagad. I can't say it. The right. uh, Avita Jagad. Jagad. Yeah. Jughead. Uh, two words together. Yeah. Can you reiterate what those say, please? Um
0: Whatever Jagad. Avitum Jagat So Jagat means the universe Remember when we went over that Because we have Jagannath on the altar He's the lord of the universe It's uh, Nath means lord And Jagat means universe Mm -hmm. And Here it says Avitum Jagat So It's referring to Protecting the universe Because the lord descends to protect the universe In many different forms And that's Discussed here in this verse, as we will soon discover. So, one more word that somebody remembers. Yes, Brandon. Haribo. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, today, the word of the day is <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so going me read the translation now. The human soul says, hey, let's do that thing too, that when he's here. So I'm going to read it, and then without looking at it, you say what it means, or something like that. Give me a nutshell presentation of the verse, okay? Does that make sense? It's like an exercise, so we actually pay attention. Because uh, it's hard sometimes. With that, chansalam, salam. Chan salam krishna, pramati, balabha, uh, Arjuna tells Krishna that, uh, it's very difficult to control the mind. It's more difficult than controlling the wind. And Krishna is trying to encourage him that uh, I want you to fight this battle, but you have to deal with controlled mind and controlled senses. And I think it's like, well, that doesn't really seem very possible. It seems like it would be easier to control the wind. So the mind is very difficult to control. So we have to do sometimes very drastic things. Like Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur said, beat the mind with a shoe like, a thousand times in the morning and in the evening a thousand times with a broomstick. So sometimes we have to do kind of drastic things like reading the word for word first or, you know, uh, like different exercises might help us to remember. Whatever it takes. It's another scriptural injunction. Whatever it takes to remember Krishna, just do it. Even if it's uh, a little unconventional. But if you actually end up remembering Krishna, then that's successful. that's a different verse I can't remember the verse but the point is is that uh, all the rules and regulations that we follow all the different formats that we follow are ultimately meant to bring us that all the formats and rules and regulations and rituals and you know uh, arrangements that we make are meant to help us to always remember Krishna and never forget him so, if a little uh, creative arrangements help us to remember Krishna more, help us to stay awake in class, help us to be more attentive during Japa, then that should be done. So now we're going to read the translation and remember what it's about, it's a, it's a, it's a game. <clears throat> okay. The human soul says, I take shelter of the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead who appears in his various eternal forms and walks on the surface of the world. I take shelter of him only because he can give me relief from all fear. And from him I have received this condition of life, which is just befitting my impious activities. Impious. 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 Let's repeat it just one time. The human soul says, I take shelter of the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who appears in His various eternal forms and walks on the surface of the world. I take shelter of Him only because He can give me relief from all fear. And from him I have received this condition of life, which is just befitting my impious activities. Okay, so what
3: would
0: you hear?
3: So the living entity within the womb is praying that I take shelter of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who... one God manifests in many different forms at different times to provide protection to the living entities and the living entities offering obeisances because the soul is understanding that the Supreme Personality of Godhead is the only one that can give that complete protection. And the living entity is also acknowledging that the body in which it has been put into, the bodily condition, is exactly befitting what it deserves based on the pious act or the previous activities which in this case he's admitting are impious.
0: John, that's quite a summation there. Any other any other um, gems or uh, that get anything, huh? No nuggets. nuggets.
4: I, I was just gonna give him a go. It's okay. Um, the human soul said I offer, no, I take shelter of the lotus feet, the supreme personality of Godhead, who appears in his various eternal forms and walks on the surface of the world. I take shelter of him only because he gives relief. He, he only can give me relief from uh, all fear. Uh, he has given me this condition of life, which is just befitting my impious activities.
5: Uh-oh.
0: Wow, memory master. We've got two memory masters. Nick is too, but he's more booted up. He's here we don't know his hours yet. <clears throat> but he's definitely a memory master. So um now we'll read the purple. By Srira Prabhupada. Sri Prabhupada Ki. Okay. The word Chalepsh, Charanada Vindam refers to the supreme personality of Godhead who actually walks or travels upon the surface of the world. Can you break that down for us, Brandon? So let's try out Indom, somehow refers to the Supreme Personality of God who actually walks or travels upon the surface of the world. Because you gave us the word of the day, and the word of the day is in here, so... What do you want to know? How do... How do you break that down, Chalach Chaturanga How does that refer to the supreme personality of Godhead, who actually travels or walks upon the surface of the world? Um, he spreads uh, the love of his lotus feet everywhere by walking around the world. Yeah, that's a, that's nice. Yeah, and and remember, does anybody remember the word chalach? besides the engine. Chalach. we went over. So, Chalach. Does that sound familiar? Remember, we went through the word for word and I said this word is also in Hindi? Chalach. Chalach. Walk. walk. Correct. Correct. It means to walk. Again, by Nick, Remember master. So, Chalach, Charanada Vindam. So, we know that Charanada Vindham means the lotus feet and Chalach means to walk. So, so hmm? Oh, that's much, much later. <laughs> that's going to take us hours to get to that part of the verse. <laughs> So, the word Chalach Chatanaravindam refers to the Supreme Personality of Godhead who actually walks or travels upon the surface of the world. So, Chalach Chatanaravindam refers to Krishna who walks or travels upon the surface of the world. Yes,
5: Victor? Um, just a quick thought that I keep hearing the reference to walking on the surface of the world, and my personal experience, the sun. Does that It walks all over the face of the earth and gives light to everybody. So with the metaphor of you know, God being the all-giving light, that's what I hear. Is there any correlation to that, or is that just something that you know, maybe I've put together?
0: Um, you can maybe look at it in a metaphorical way. Not too bad. Whatever inspires you. <clears throat> okay. For example, Lord Ramachandra actually walked on the surface of the world and Lord Krishna also walked just like an ordinary man. The prayer is therefore offered to the Supreme Personality of Godhead who descends to the surface of this earth or any part of this universe for the protection of the pious and the destruction of the impious. It is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita that when there is an increase of religion and discrepancies arise in the real religious activities, the Supreme Lord comes to protect the pious and kill the impious. This verse indicates Lord Krishna. Hmm. Another significant point in this verse is that the Lord comes, vichaya, by His own will. As Krishna confirms in Bhagavad Gita, sambhavam na maya. Hmm? I appear at my will by my internal potency. Hmm. By my internal potential power, excuse me. He is not forced to come by the laws of material nature. It is stated here, Ichayah, he does not assume any form. As the impersonalistic assume is italicized. It's indicating there that... Uh, He's not obligated to... He doesn't, his form is eternal. So when we come to this material world, we have to adapt to... A, we have to acquire a form which is congruent with the rest of the material world. Because by our spiritual nature is a different. We have a different form spiritually. But Krishna's form never changes. Even when he comes to the material world, he maintains his same form. There's no alteration in his form. So he comes to the material world... As he is, there's no difference in his form. Whereas for us, uh, we cannot exist here in our original form because it's not compatible to our purpose here, which is uh, exploitation, enjoyment, independence. It doesn't really, it's not so conducive for that purpose. Yes, Nikkulubu. Isn't our purpose here to discover self realization? Ultimately, yes. That's a much deeper insight, but our intention. I guess intention is a better word. Our intention in coming here is, is, is that, is, uh, is not, um, is not spiritual. Our intention in coming here is selfish. But the purpose of this place is reformation. and uh, It's kind of like, it helps us to wake ourselves back up and remember what we really want underneath all these superficial selfish desires. But it's those, it's those desires which bring us here which, which, uh, which are, the, which are the, uh, the factor which causes this whole material manifestation is, is those selfish desires. It's a, it's a facility for souls who want to experience uh, a false sense of independence and enjoyment. Mm. Thank you. Uh, so he does not assume any form as the impersonalists think because he comes by at his own will And the form in which he descends is his eternal form. As the Supreme Lord puts the living entity into the condition of horrible existence, he can also deliver him, and therefore one should seek shelter at the lotus feet of Krishna. Krishna demands, give up everything and surrender unto me. Mm. And it is also said in the Bhagavad Gita that anyone who approaches him and does not come back again to accept a form of material existence, but goes back to Godhead back home, never to return. And it is also said in Bhagavad Gita that anyone who approaches him does not come back again to accept a form of material existence, but goes back to Godhead back home, never to return. Krishna demands. Krishna demands. That's a very interesting word That Prabhupada is using there Demands How is it possible that Krishna can demand something And for it to not be fulfilled The one that I'm talking about right now Or the last sentence Krishna demands Give up everything and surrender unto me <laughs> The sentence after that too Or just that one okay. Yeah so that's, um, that's interesting to think about Why, if Krishna's demanding it, then how is it that there's so many living entities who are not surrendering? How is that possible? Because Krishna's will is supreme. If Krishna wants something, there's nothing that's going to stop it. And so if Krishna demands something, how can it not manifest? Yes, Nikunja
4: I. We could say the reason is that Krishna being the Parameshwara, he endows his um, his tendency to control and have free will into his parts and parcels, which are the jivas. So he, so his desire to award free will to the jivas supersedes his desire to control it.
1: Mm.
0: That's a that's a good perspective and correct, not incorrect. Yes, Monastery Murari mm-hmm. Two things. I was just thinking on, on the altar this morning, Prabhupada was speaking about this point about how
3: Krishna is coming and Bhagavad Gita making demands. And he's saying that still so many foolish people, uh, still so many rascals, they try and change. or Dharmakshetra and Krukhshetra, this is the body and they try and interpret in so many different ways. Um,
0: Dharmakshetra, Piece the
3: English, whatever. Yeah, so Dharmakshetra, is the first verse of Bhagavad Gita where. Sanjaya is describing that these two armies had gathered on this battlefield before war, and um, it literally means a little place of pilgrimage where people go in and perform religious activities. But uh, unscrupulous men, in the words of Srila Prabhupada, will interpret it in such a way that it's some figurative thing. Um, anyway, so he's saying like this, and then also speaking to the point about Mahaprabhu. Amahavu then is coming and he's not making demands, but he's just kind of uh, enticing. So it's getting off the point a little bit. Why is Krishna, and how can Krishna demand and not get something? Um, It's because it's something that doesn't necessarily belong to him unless it's given. And and that that is the love of the living entity. The, The living entity has the right to repose that love anywhere. Despite it being incompatible but it doesn't necessarily belong to Krishna otherwise it's it's a, it's a different thing
0: hmm. well thank you what is there besides Krishna what exists besides Krishna yes right here.
2: what came in mind for me was uh, the, the power of Maya being so
0: strong the power of Maya being so strong well let me let me um go a little bit into this point here and we'll take more reflections and questions but um, I was hearing a class by Boy Prabhu where he really fleshed out this point in a very beautiful way because it's mentioned also in the first uh, purport of the Bhagavatam that Krishna demands that the living entity surrender and so he really went into this point how is it that, the, that Krishna could demand something and it's not fulfilled and there's so many living entities that we see that are very adamantly avoiding surrender Lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. Uh, so how is that possible? And the answer is so simple. It's easy to miss. But you really, nobody can, uh, nobody can, uh, nobody can miss that demand. It's not, he's not asking, please surrender. He's demanding surrender. So how can that be avoided? It can't be avoided. And every living entity is surrendering to Krishna, whether directly or indirectly. So uh, there is nothing but Krishna. All there is is Krishna. And so if you want to enjoy something or you want to surrender to something or you want to hate something or you want to love something, uh, ultimately it's Krishna, but in an indirect perverted form or in the direct form. And so uh, the question is, is people will sometimes say, well, uh, if it's all just Krishna anyway then it doesn't really matter what I do, I mean, I can just, you know, uh, I can, I can just choose a material life, and that's just as good as a spiritual life because it's all Krishna. But uh, w- when we, we we surrender to Krishna uh, indirectly through Maya, what do we get? What do we get when we surrender to Krishna indirectly through Maya? What do we get? We get something. Get suffering. We get suffering. Exactly. Who said that? Somebody in the bedroom said that. Does it say the same thing? So. No. It's suffering. That's what we do. Thank you. Yeah. We get suffering. That's what we get when we surrender to Krishna indirectly. But we're still surrendering to Krishna. You get this. You get stuck in the womb. You get stuck in the womb. Feeling like, fear and anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> you get stuck in the womb. You get suffering. You get the Adi Bautik, Adi Daivic and different glaciers, different sufferings of the world. That's what you get when you surrender to Krishna indirectly. But what do you get when you serve Krishna directly? Bliss. Bliss. You get bliss. All huh? right. You get liberation, you get bliss, you get knowledge. That's what happens when you surrender to Krishna directly. So there's really no choice of, well, do I surrender to Krishna or do I not surrender to Krishna? The choice is, do you surrender directly or do you surrender indirectly? And uh, that surrender, when done directly, is done through the uh, via medium of the spiritual master, the pure devotees of the Lord, we're uh, following their instructions then we're surrendering to them and we're surrendering to Krishna uh, because there's no difference ultimately in, in, uh, in purpose between the Lord and his devotees and, and the spiritual master mm-hmm. so this is a very important point so this verse here I was looking at it yesterday and it's um, it's quite significant I think we can say uh although every word is significant in the Bhagavatam, if you just take a look at where we've been recently in the past few chapters, it's basically been a pretty dreary, um, uh, glum, or... Those aren't strong enough words. It's... Strongly. Depressing. And I need a stronger word. Horrifying? Treacherous? Treacherous. Horrifying. Thank you. Yeah, it's been really rough, to put it mildly, the past few chapters. And, um... It's kind of like, we're wandering through a desert and we're like wondering, where's the nectar? This is all really, uh, <laughs> this is all really uh, insipid. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's not very, uh, not very tasty uh, to hear about just suffering, 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 suffering. This is what material life is when you're living as a materialist. Everybody wants to exploit you, including your own family. You yourself are selfish, but you try to serve your family for your own selfish purposes, but you never actually get anything out of it because they just exploit you. Then because of all this twisted backward, you know, ways of living, then you end up getting such bad karma you have to go into a hellish planet. And then on a hellish planet, you suffer miserably. And then from that hellish planet, then you take another body in the womb of a mother and you get bitten by worms and swimming in stool and urine. And like, it's just, it's really, really, uh, Really uh, scary. <laughs> it's really scary. So that's what we've been hearing about for the past long time, and and now we're in a whole new thing. This verse it's all about Krishna. It's all about Krishna and about taking shelter of Krishna and protection from Krishna and Krishna's appearance in the world. And these three topics are three of the main topics of Shrimad Bhagavatam. Ultimately, the Bhagavatam is meant to bring us to ultimate topic. There's ten topics in Bhagavatam. Atrasarva-vi-sargas-chana. Atrasarva-vi-sargas-chana. Sthana-kurshna-muktya-ha. Mandantare-si-muktya-nirodho-muktya-asraya-ha. muktya asraya 10 topics of Bhagavatam are creation, sub-creation. Atrasarva-vi-sargas-chana-nirodho. There is destruction. There is uh the lineage of the progenitors of the universe, the Mandantars. Then there's there's liberation, there's the science of God, there's uh, shelter, the ultimate shelter. All these different topics of Bhagavatam, many, many different topics. But ultimately, the Bhagavatam is meant to bring us to one topic, and, and it's meant to bring us to that one topic which is more important than all the other topics ultimately, and that's the ashram, the shelter of Krishna. What's that ultimate shelter that we can take? So the Bhagavatam points that out for us. What is the ultimate shelter for our lives? So here, in this verse, we can see three of these main topics of Bhagavatam being uh, fleshed out a little bit here. We're seeing... A shrine shelter of Krishna. What is that ultimate shelter? Then we're seeing... We're seeing... Poshanam, uh, which means protection by the Lord. This, uh, this little fetus is praying for protection. And then... Ish um, uh, anukata, which means the science of God, actually understanding how, what his position is, who he is, how he moves. So that's these things all are described in this verse here. And so, let's talk a little bit about those. Well, we talked about ashaya a little bit because surrendering and taking shelter are basically the same thing. sharon taking shelter, of surrendering to. Mm. So we looked a little bit into that, that to that we have to surrender to Krishna, but are we going to do it directly or are we going to do it indirectly? Uh, that's up to us. If we want bliss or we want suffering. Simple, simple choice. And then the second point is uh, uh, protection. Mm. Protection from the Lord. Which is also a very, very uh, useful topic to discuss if we think about this. Maybe we've had some experience. Uh, we don't, you know, the, the Lord, He doesn't generally uh, walk around in like, you know, uh, a police uniform or something like that, and just kind of, He's like a bodyguard following you around, protecting you from whatever danger may come. But He's always there protecting you, but we don't see Him always. He can't be seen, but generally we don't see Him. So it might seem like a little sentimental or a little bit new-agey or, you know, airy-fairy, that, okay, well, the Lord's going to protect me, but then somebody might say, well, hey, I'm a practical person. I don't see any, you know, I don't see him dressed up as a bodyguard following me around, so how am I supposed to really actually get this idea that the Lord protects me? So I was thinking we could take some reflections. Has anybody ever had an experience where they've got, like, 100% clear as day, this is God. The divine Krishna protecting me at this moment because something uh, something bad could have happened to me, but then I was immediately protected, and it was obviously by some intelligent, uh, intelligence, superior intelligence,
5: superior arrangement. You have something, Victor? Um, so, at like, one instance in my life, I was in an altercation between somebody else, not physical, um, but it got to the point where the other Person definitely wanted to become physical, and in a split second, I, you know, I, I believed that I was protected. I, I had faith that I wasn't going to be harmed. I wasn't going to be hurt. And then the gentleman across from me even mentioned, he was like, you know what? I want to do this, but for some reason I can't. He was like, I don't know why, but mm. I don't get why I, I'm not supposed to hurt you, and it. I don't know, it kind of scared me that that realization that Lord please protect me worked immediately. Wow. And yeah, it's definitely an intense afterthought that I called out for help and he answered. Wow. That's amazing. Oh, there's more. Well, um, there's more. That's a good one.
0: You got me, Amanda? Did I scare you away? No. Did <laughs> I bore you? No. i just going. Okay. Oh, to to the one, Okay.
4: One time we were uh, traveling in a uh, Volkswagen van from Denver to uh, Los Angeles for the uh, Rocky Mountain to do books there and do service at the festival, and so we were um, at at dawn we were traveling through Gallup, uh, New Mexico. So it was dawn and you can't see so clearly, and uh, on the dark pavement there was a huge uh, truck tire. That had been left right in the middle of the road. And uh, so uh, we in the van smacked into that and we chanted immediately to Lord Nursing Day on impact. Mm. And it, the whole van was totaled and uh, no, the devotees were not injured any, with one scratch.
0: Wow. Nobody was injured at all. Oh, wow. any other?
2: So this wasn't a a physical danger but maybe like more of an emotional danger situation Um, I was hanging out with this girl that I used to really like and uh, she randomly called me up in the middle of the night and was like hey you wanna hang out blah 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 and I brought her back to my house and she was just like in terrible condition homeless addicted to hard drugs and I was like, oh wow, that's that's crazy. So I was trying to help her feed or whatever, you know, get her back to health. And then like she would randomly have crying, screaming fits in my house, and my parents are downstairs and I'm like, oh geez, I'm trying to calm her down. I just cannot calm her down. And I was like, this is like out of my control at this point. So I just went up to my altar and I started chanting the Maha Mantra and like asking Krishna, like, please help this girl in some way and she instantly
0: stopped like crying and freaking out now. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Howdy, wow. Okay. yeah I mean, I have a couple myself I was oh, um, I was thinking about how mm-hmm. one time I was uh, I went to Nepal for the first time I uh, I went there and I, I was by myself and I, I landed in the airport and it was in the middle of the night around midnight or something like that and uh, it was a completely new country I've never been there before and so I'm like okay I need to get to the ISCON Temple which I I don't have much connection. I mean, I told them I'm coming, but I'm not really sure how this is going to work. And so then I, uh, I saw there was a bunch of cabs out at the airport and um, I just they all looked really, really sketchy. Really sketchy. But I was just like, okay, well I guess I have no choice. I have to get in one. I can't just hang out at the airport in Nepal. I have to actually get to the temple. So I uh, I took one of the taxis and I know they sketchy guy, you know. And so I got into the the cab, and I was, like, I was in a pretty, like, uh, ready to, like, protect myself from mood if I had to, had, to, had to do so. But anyway, he didn't do anything to me, but he took me to ISKCON. Well, I said, can you take me to ISKCON? He said, oh, yeah, I'll take you to ISKCON. And he took me to a wall, and it said ISKCON. <laughs> and it was, it was midnight, and I thought, okay, well, I guess I'm at ISKCON now. And so... <laughs> So I got out of the van or the car and drove away. And then I, then I realized, oh, this is just a wall. It's not actually a temple. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I'm not really sure how I'm going to do anything now because I'm in a completely foreign country. I don't speak the language. Um, there's no motels or anything like that in sight. I'm like in the middle of a residential area and on the side of like a mountain. And I'm like, well... Um, I guess I'll just go to sleep. So I, well, at first I tried to jump over the wall and look around and didn't find anything. I walked into somebody's house and, um, anyway, that didn't work out. So then I. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, then so uh, then I was like, okay, well, I'll just go to sleep. I had an extra dody with me, so I just laid on the r- dirt road and used it as a blanket and went to sleep. And then uh, as I was you know, laying there sleeping, then somebody was on a jumper walk. I just, I woke up to him, I was like, oh, how do I was like, hey, can you take me to the temple? <laughs> so, yeah, there's so many instances that we've experienced in uh, devotional life that we've seen that there's, uh, the Lord is always watching off our back. Krishna says that, he promises that to, uh, To the devotee who is actually serving me, I carry what they lack and I preserve what they have. And that's a fact. And we've experienced that practically. It might sound like an airy-fairy idea that somebody actually hasn't applied themselves to to God-consciousness or spiritual consciousness. But as soon as you actually take that step, just like Draupadi. uh, This is uh, a pastime in the first canto of Bhagavatam, It's very significant. Draupadi, the husband of the Pandavas, uh, the wife, wife of the Pandavas, was, she, she was basically, I'm just trying to explain it in a nutshell form here, she was a very chaste lady and she was about to be stripped naked in front of many, uh, you know, uh, uh, exploitative men. And she was a pure devotee of Krishna. So she, she, was, she was, first she was trying to tear off her cloth and she was grabbing it trying to stop them from getting the cloth. But then she realized, these men are way too strong for me. There's no chance I have. It's just no chance. And so she just throws up her arms. She's goes in the And just completely surrenders to Krishna internally. And when she did that, then the Lord applied supplied unlimited cloth. So they were pulling it and pulling it and pulling it and pulling it. She was never disrobed. So this is something, we may not experience in something so magical, right? Always, every single day. But we have a lot of experiences of the Lord protecting us. I think there's probably a lot more that we didn't get into. Everybody's experienced something here. Um, well, uh, Mandri, sorry. I didn't do that. I didn't Okay, go for it.
6: This may happened to some other devotees here because I know you've been to India a lot. But when I was at the Govardhan Eco Village, we went out after our yoga uh, class to see the cows roam the field. So um, all of us were standing there watching the cows the graze. And, you know, I had never really spent much time with cows before, so I was very naive. And I was walking around and, like, petting the little baby cows. And then all of a sudden, I, like, was flying through the air, and um, I I landed, and the only thing that was wrong with my body was just like a little scratch in my hand. So uh, I guess like a mother cow had flipped me, um, and I you know I was fine. There was nothing wrong with me. I was like laughing hysterically and crying at the same time, and um, I just felt like Krishna was was what I like my reflection from that experience was that. Krishna will seemingly put us through uh, challenging situations, but we'll never, we'll never actually be harmed. We'll always be protected and there will always be something that we can learn and deepen our experience from. So,
0: Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. so I think our take home point with this is that uh, we should always be ready to take, take those, to, to do our service, uh, even if it's risky. Because when we do that, Krishna promises that He'll protect us, and we've seen so many examples. You know, if um, if we look and we ask the devotees, there's unlimited examples. i sure every single person here has an example, but we don't have time to get into every single one. And one last point I wanted to make: uh, there's a lot about this purport is very deep, and there's a lot in it. We could keep going for uh, weeks. But um, one important point is that we need to. Um, be clear on what is it that do we actually want to be protected from it's nice to be protected from somebody beating us up and it's nice to be protected from you know being lost in the or it's nice to be protected from not breaking your neck from getting flipped over by a cow those things are great but there's something that's much 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 more worse something that is a much greater concern that we want to avoid uh, that we want to be protected from by the Lord. And only the Lord can protect us from this. What is that one thing? How do you the Yeah, I was thinking ignorance. I mean, these are all kind of synonymous terms. But the, the ignorance, that's what we want to be protected from. And um, we, we see here in the example of this, uh, this living entity here in the room is is that's actually the exact issue as we'll see later in the chapter, he's praying to remember Krishna, and he's praying, he he actually has such a deep realization of his relationship with Krishna, and then as soon as he comes out of the womb, he forgets everything. And that is what we need to be protected from. We need to be protected from forgetfulness. I forgot who said that, but ignorance. That ignorance is uh, our greatest enemy, and our ignorance is the cause of all of our suffering. Uh, There's no suffering without ignorance. It's a necessary first step necessary to have ignorance in order to have suffering and and Lord Brahma he had to create ignorance, he didn't really want to he didn't really feel good about it afterwards but in order to have a material world you have to have ignorance so he did it as a duty and now uh, that is our our, our, our central uh, pivot in material existence is our ignorance and it's 901 if you have something quick we want to hear it but we probably should wrap up because devotees have been Performing devotional austerities since four in the morning, worshiping the Supreme Lord, and I bet they're really hungry and stuff. Okay, well, yeah, I want to. Well, anybody can go, by the way, if they need to go and drink water or whatever. Uh,
6: this is quick. Um, I just was wanted to appreciate this verse because um, it's. I feel like it's a really great one to meditate on, and I mean, they all are, but um, the fact that, you know, Krishna and many uh, of his pure devotees are currently walking on this planet and yet I'm oblivious to how sacred that makes it and and just like how strong Maya is that we we don't even recognize how sacred this planet is because of the Lord's feet being having walked on it so just like a nice meditation to to remind us of um, you know the Lord's presence here
5: Thank you. That's really nice. Yeah, that's, um,
0: that's kind of a missing... Like, if that could just be understood, right? If that one point could just be understood that the Lord personally walked on the earth, the supreme absolute truth, uh, physically present on this earth, then how much more will we uh, revere and care for and, you know, reciprocate with the earth? Thank you. And Cora, you know What?
2: So, with
4: Krishna
6: demanding, you know, and then. Uh, anyway, why is it so hard? Because he, he, he wants it to happen, we're here for it to happen. Why is it so hard?
0: That is my question. It's. Our, our, our desire is not purified exactly. That we. We, as our consciousness is covered by lust, just like the womb is uh, covering the embryo, or as smoke is covering fire, similarly our consciousness is covered by lust. And so, for us to actually, uh, actually develop and uncover that pure desire for service to the Lord and our relationship with the Lord, it's not a cheap thing. You know, it's not a cheap thing. There's nothing. There's nothing more. uh, uh, There's no more you know, desirable goal than to perfect, perfect and to achieve our relationship with the Lord. It's not a cheap thing. I mean, we live in a very, very fast-paced society where you can just press a button and get anything you want on Amazon or you can, you know, Ananda was pointing out to me the other, or news was in the class that the, uh, those little scooter things that, you know, it's just, you can just go grab one and just drive it around and then just put it, leave it somewhere and then forget about it. You know, it's like the society we live on is just like just get what you want immediately and then just move on. And so when we come to devotional service, we also are so conditioned by that, all of us are. And we're thinking, Okay, well where's the you know, where's the realizations, where's the bliss, where's the perfection, why is it taking so long? But this is a serious yoga practice. Actually it's very, very fast, especially compared to other yoga practices that take lifetimes of Hundreds of years, or at least a hundred years. This only takes, you know, it can it can take a moment, Prabhupada said, but generally it takes at least a few decades to get to the point of like perfect chanting and things like that. And a few decades is really nothing. It's really nothing if you look at it in the greater scope of things. So, in, in the the uh, nectar of instruction, Sri Bhagavan Swami mentions that utsehut nistratariyat, that we have to have the right attitude for devotional service and how the attitude is broken down is described in the Instruction, that we should have confidence, patience, and enthusiasm. And of all those three things, all of which are equally essential, the most difficult is patience. The most difficult is patience. Nobody, it's very, very difficult to be patient. You can be confident, you can be enthusiastic, but patience, how long do I have to be patient for? When, is almost outstanding too. Well, when do I get to be patient? How long is it going to take for me to become patient? <laughs> so, um, we just we just have to really just, uh, we have to be willing to, to wait however long it takes. Just like uh, Vasudev Mukunda. M- Mukunda. Mukunda. Just Mukunda. Yeah, he, the, he had uh, committed some uh, mistake yeah. in his practice, some aparad, some offense, and he... The Lord told him, he said, he kind of like, what was it exactly? He said, I won't give my mercy to him for a million
3: births.
0: Yeah, he said, he said I'm not going to give my mercy to this devotee for a million lifetimes. And then the devotee started dancing in ecstasy because he's, oh, I'm going to get it. Yeah. Oh, a million yeah. lifetimes. Well, that means there's, like, there's, a, there's a date, there's a, there's a point at which I'm going to mm-hmm. get it. So mm-hmm. that, that is something that we should be able to take solace in, that we are mm-hmm. going to get it. And that should be enough for us because we have to be patient with ourselves. We have to be patient with the process. Uh, and we have, and, that, and that, that attitude is part of what's pleasing also. You know, like if you were uh, developing a relationship with somebody on any level, you know, you also want them to be patient with, with you that, okay, well, you know, like I'm still getting to know you give me some time as we're developing our friendship or whatever other kind of relationship. Uh, some people have different natures. Really. Like, like me, for example, I'm a little, sometimes a little bit too buddy-buddy with people right off the bat, you know? None of those two. And, uh, and sometimes people are like, whoa, 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 like, I just met you. Like Give me a few days, you know? Or a few months or a few years. And that's just a respectful and natural thing for a relationship is that time is required to develop a relationship. And just because of our passion and impatient nature, we want it to happen right away. But it will happen. And that should be our main focus. And we should be uh, meditating on that and, and hankering for that. Not that we have stopped. oh, okay, it'll happen eventually, so I'll just kind of hang out and eventually it'll happen. No, that hankering, that intense endeavor should be there. And at the same time, willing to wait that patience. We're offering our patience to Krishna. And that's part of our devotional service. Does that help at all? Yeah. Well, thank you. Giant. Welcome back to Denver. I think everybody's really happy to have you back here. Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam ki, Shri Prabhupada ki.